0: And welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we discuss many of the fears that threaten to steal our freedom and how we can steadily advance in faith. I'm your host, Jennifer Slattery. I'm an author, a speaker, and a ministry leader who's passionate about helping God's children live in freedom. We need relationships that are life-giving and healthy. So here's my question. Do our relationships reflect the heart, the truth, and the purposes of Christ? And if not, what needs to change? And this brings me to today's topic, an area we must excel in if we want to have healthy, life-giving relationships. We need to learn to set and maintain healthy boundaries, to take ownership of ourselves, our responsibilities, reactions, and emotions, and to stop owning everyone else's. So today I brought a special guest with me. She's an author, she's a counselor, she's a speaker, she's a friend. Tanya Glasman, thank you for joining us. Absolutely, thanks for having me, Jen. So Tanya is a LPC that specializes in women's trauma recovery. She speaks and writes as my father's daughter. She's the founder of My Father's Daughter Ministries, a ministry with a mission that every woman would truly know what it means to be a daughter of the King. And her first book was released July 30th, My Father's Daughter, Embracing Your Identity as a Daughter of the King. Congrats. Thanks. Thanks. Now, you can find that book on Amazon and you can connect with Tanya on her Facebook page, My Father's Daughter, or by listening to her weekly podcast by the same name. And I'm going to recommend if you struggle with boundaries, that is a foundational book probably to read because... It's way, way difficult to set boundaries if we don't really know who we are. Today we're going to be primarily talking about the fears related to setting boundaries and we're probably not going to have a whole lot of time to go into detail regarding how you can actually walk that out. So if this is a topic that you struggle with, I do encourage you to listen to episodes five and six of my Thriving with Chronic Illness podcast found on Life Audio or wherever you listen to podcasts. And I would encourage you also to read up, find some books, seek a counselor, people that can really help walk beside you as you learn to set these healthy boundaries. This topic is confusing, Tanya, to a lot of us, especially in the faith community where we're taught to love others sacrificially and to honor others above ourselves. So how can we make sense of God's command to love others well, but also his command to live in truth, to live authentically and to pursue emotional and
1: spiritual health? I think that's a great question and I agree with you, Jen. That is an issue that many believers struggle with because what many people have come to understand is that a lot of times setting boundaries that can feel the same as being mean or unkind or unloving. The truth is, I guess I'm such an analogy-driven individual that I, I think back to parenting and I think there were certainly times in in raising my children, and even now as an empty nester, where I set boundaries with my children that are for their good because I love them. But you know what? They don't always like it. And sometimes it hurts their feelings. But I know that that boundary ultimately is for their benefit and for the health of our relationship. I mean, God sets boundaries for us in his word. He says, hey, this isn't a good idea. This isn't my best for you. Walk this way. And it's not to inhibit our freedom, but because he loves us so much, he wants us to walk in the fullness of life he created us for. And that is the purpose of boundaries. Even boundaries on the road, the guardrails, those are boundaries, but they keep us safe and they keep us where we need to be. And that is the whole purpose of boundaries in relationship. Setting boundaries is a life-promoting skill within relationship. It's saying, hey, I love you, and for the integrity of our relationship and the health and vibrance of our relationship, we need to not let this happen anymore because this hurts me or this is hurting you, and I want to have a great relationship with you. So it's it's a paradigm shift of thought. How are we looking at boundaries? Are we looking at them as a negative thing? Or... Are we looking at them as a life preserver for the health and well-being of our relationship? You know, and that comes back to trusting God
0: too, right? Because this will really challenge, do we really believe that God wants what is best for whoever it is we're engaging with. And do we really believe, do we really trust him to guide my relationship to that very best? And I'm reminded of two verses in Ephesians 4. I love all of Ephesians 4, that entire chapter, just in relation to how we engage with one another. But the first verse is verse 25, 425, and it talks about putting off falsehood and speaking truth to one another. And when I think of falsehood, I think of not just like the words that come out of my mouth, but when, if something hurts me and I pretend that it doesn't, or if someone's doing something harmful, whether to me, to someone I love, to themselves, and I pretend like it's not a bad thing, then I am being dishonest to them. And the second verse is Ephesians 4 29, which tells us to speak those words that build others up the word building others up. It has this connotation of, of like pouring into them, equipping them and helping them become who Christ created
1: them to be. Yes. And that makes me think of the verse that the wound of a friend is better than the kiss of an enemy. And and those are the people in our lives that truly love us, the ones that are willing to risk the fear. Ultimately that is the root of why we struggle to draw boundaries. We're afraid, and we can say we're afraid of hurting somebody else, but I think often the truth is is we are afraid of the abandonment or the lashback or the rejection that we might experience from that person that we love when they don't like the boundary that we set with them. But those people that love us enough, like you're talking about the building up, are the people that love us enough to tell us the hard truth they are willing to risk us being upset or hurt in order for us to walk in the fullness of life that we were created for and and you know truth and conflict can be a catalyst for change and as long as that change is moving us towards Christ and not away from him change is necessary and beneficial it's the caterpillar to the butterfly that's the journey we're on
0: you know, and I think about it, as you're talking in my writing journey, I've interacted with a lot of critique partners and most of the best critique partners, they tell me things I don't want to hear. And I was thinking about this as I was preparing for this episode, I, would, I don't think I would be published now if those critique partners didn't have the courage and the love and the time investment, I think there has to be a time investment. If we're going to set a boundary, we don't just like drop it and run, right? There has to be a time investment involved. But if they hadn't been honest, in essence, they would have been potentially costing me my publishing career. And I think if we look at it in terms of those, like, What is this behavior potentially going to cost the relationship? What is this behavior potentially going to cost
1: the individual? And and which has a higher cost? Absolutely. The realm of boundaries, it impacts every single area of our lives, from our marriages to our parenting to our church life. When I speak on this to audiences, I use serving in the nursery as an example of kind of a practical, tangible thing that we encounter in the church culture of there are always a great amount of needs within the body and within the church. We're in we're in COVID times right now. So things are a little bit different, but typically, you know, there's always a need for people to tr- serve in the church nursery. And that is a great, Gift that is a service to the body, but not everybody is called to to serve in the church nursery and oftentimes, when people are asking you for things, their own heart motives can get in the way of clearly hearing from the Lord and so it's you being led by the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. That can help you determine what God has for you, regardless of what anybody else might be asking of you, because nobody's going to hear better from God about you and what you should be doing than you can hear from God for yourself. And so when what you hear from God for yourself does not align with what somebody else is hearing from God for you, you have to sit with the Lord and, and do a check right? And you have to take it to him and say, Lord, is this something that you have called me to do? And you know what? The person asking you, they're probably not going to like it if you say no. They want you to say yes. That's why they're asking you. And I often tell my clients, as children of God, we are not supposed to be fear-led in our decision-making, which is I have to say yes, or they're gonna be mad at me, or they're gonna think I'm not a good Christian. We're not supposed to be logic led, even, which is, you know what? I probably could serve in the nursery. I have a couple Sunday mornings available, but we are supposed to be spirit led. And when we are walking in conjunction with the spirit, there may be something else he has for us to do that has nothing to do with the nursery. And so we have to really tune into him. And then here's a practical takeaway. When somebody asks you something, first of all, don't answer right away, because a lot of times we feel an internal pressure and we want to make them happy. And so we'll commit right away. And then later we'll go, oh my gosh, I really wish I wouldn't have said yes to that.
0: Let's talk about, I hear a lot of times people say they're afraid that they're, that speaking this truth or setting this boundary will hurt the person, will harm the relationship. But when, when we don't set boundaries, that can actually cause harm to the relationship. Would you agree?
1: Absolutely. I would say both things are true. I would say if you don't set boundaries, that's harmful to the relationship. And sometimes if you do set boundaries, that also can be depending on the health of the person with whom you are trying to set boundaries. But it's our job to be as healthy as we can possibly be regardless of whether the other person chooses to walk in health with us. That's a really good point because
0: I have actually had relationships in my life where I did set a healthy boundary and I I prayed I'm not 100% sure there was there was tied up in that because of my fear and because of still learning how to set boundaries and still learning how to relate to people that i had kind of a dysfunctional history built up and, and these behaviors that we just sort of would often fall into these behaviors when we interacted with one another but i sensed god leading me to set a healthy boundary in an area of my life and i'll give you an example of how it started and my daughter it, in this there was this dynamic where i was always running to rescue certain individuals and I would drop anything and, and go and hop in the car or hop on a plane or, or send money. And there were all these ways. And one day, my daughter said to me, I was in the kitchen, and it was before her school. And I think she was maybe in sixth grade, seventh grade. I don't remember. And I was contemplating getting in my car once again to go rescue a situation that didn't really need to be rescued, to be honest. And she said, Mama, why am I always last? Mm-hmm. and that hit me so, so hard, and, and I believe that was the Holy Spirit really speaking into my life at that point just by the fact that it hit so, so deeply and resonated so deeply, and that created a major shift where I knew by setting boundaries I could potentially lose these other relationships, and that was really hard. Mm-hmm. But I was also preserving these other relationships that God had called me to.
1: Right. And I had to prioritize that. And it was hard because I got a lot of backlash. So they didn't like it when you set the boundary, but you were being led by the Holy Spirit as to what was best for you and what he was calling you to.
0: Correct. Honestly, I did lose those relationships that I was afraid of losing. And and I often talk with people, we have to be willing. We have to be willing. If we're going to set the boundary, we have to be willing to stand beside it. Otherwise the boundary is not a boundary. Even though I lost those relationships, there is just this deep peace mm-hmm. in my relationship. It wasn't a healthy relationship anyway. Mm-hmm. And so I could have held on to those but I would have, uh, there was this continual turmoil, I think, because one, I just, my boundaries were being crossed, and two, Christ in me, I think, was calling me to health and truth and and biblical peace, mm-hmm. which I think we get confused. We do, yes. So, and then, but it also, what it did, it was the catalyst for a change. And it was a slow shift. It was a catalyst for a change in all of my relationships.
1: Mm -hmm. And you know, God created us for relationship and community. And if we will ask him, he will lead and guide us and help us to find those healthier people that are good with boundaries because they know they're healthy. And helpful as well. And when we have a healthy relationship, we have the ability to experience that closeness of community and emotional intimacy and friendship the way God intended. Healthy relationships are the kind of relationships God intended. And he knows that he created us to desire and also give into relationship. But a lot of times we have to set boundaries and discard the unhealthy relationships in our life in order to make room for the the best kinds of relationships that God intends. And you
0: know, as you are speaking, I was thinking of Romans 12:18, which is one of my favorite verses, and I held on to I still hold on to it when I'm making decisions, especially if I'm afraid to make a, a relational decision, but Romans 12:18 says, "If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And I remind myself, it's not always possible because there's two people, maybe sometimes three people involved. But then I'm also reminded when it says, as far as it depends on you, I I view that in two ways. One, it doesn't always depend on me. And so I have to release other people's response and reactions and really the results. I have to separate the results from my obedience, but I'm also reminded part of it does depend on me. Mm -hmm. So did I set the boundary? Did I convey the boundary in a loving grace-filled truth-filled manner? And that might take learning and growth as well. Mm -hmm. And then if I do that, I can at least live in peace between me and God knowing I did my, I did my part. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely.
0: Let's look at in the workplace or in maybe an academic setting or, or maybe a, a social setting, but fear of retaliation. I think that's a very real, a very valid fear. And I know when my husband was originally, he's retired now, but he had, when we were living in Southern California, so that was about maybe 15, 20 years ago, his work schedule was crazy, not healthy. He was working six days a week on a good week mm-hmm. and he, long hours and constantly on call. And he was afraid if he set boundaries, he would
1: lose his job. Mm-hmm. And and that is true. And so I think we have to constantly be presenting our situations before the Lord and where there are places in us where the Holy Spirit begins to nudge us with a lack of peace. When there becomes an awareness of, okay, something's not okay here. This is out of balance. I'm not spending time with my family or I can't go to church or there's no rest time. Then. Lord, give me the wisdom to know how I need to proceed. I mean, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 tells us that, that he will lead us. And, and so at that point, we have to listen and trust that God's going to hear us and answer us. And then we have to be obedient to what he tells us with the knowledge that if I get fired because I set boundaries as the Holy Spirit is leading me, then God is so faithful to go ahead of me and provide another position for me. And even though we can't always see what that's gonna look like or understand how it's gonna work out, we can know that God has got us and he's going to go before us to make our paths straight.
0: For my husband, he left his position to work with a new company, thinking the job would be different, but because he hadn't yet learned the skills to set his boundaries, to make it different for himself, He actually fell into an even worse work environment. He ended up quitting that job. We went six months of, I believe, six months of him being unemployed, which was such a huge strengthening in his heart because God provided for us during that time. And he was dramatically different. He went back to the, uh, the first company he worked with And he was dramatically different where he came home at a good time every night and he was off when he was off. You know, you mentioned how God will provide for us and really our boundaries. I think we have to continually bring it back to trust in God. When you obey the Lord, because people are people. Sometimes with me, when I go to set boundaries, but I'm still learning to react and speak and love like God wants me to. Mm -hmm. And in the past, my inability to do so has caused harm. Mm -hmm. It's caused loss of relationships. And so it can make it challenging. When I get in a situation and I know I need to, to have a hard conversation or set a boundary, my fear is that the situation will become tense Mm -hmm. and I will say or do something I regret. And so that can, my first reaction almost always is to pull back and to want to avoid the issue. So what would you say to those who say, you know, and I'm just afraid that I am going to respond poorly if I dip my toe into this situation?
1: Well, I, I have been reading a book lately called How to Have That Difficult Conversation by Cloud and Townsend, who also wrote the book Boundaries, and they really focus on how to have boundary setting conversations. And so I would suggest that always you want to prepare your own heart to make sure that your own heart motives are pure and that You approach the conversation with a goal of helping the relationship be as healthy as possible. I think you're right. A lot of times because of fear, we either shrink back in the way that we deal with setting boundaries or we are so afraid that we're going to make the person mad or we prepare for the negative response that we we get all built up in order to go in and conquer. And then that can come across overly harsh or hard, but that's just a fear response on our behalf. And so if you go in knowing the whole reason I'm having this conversation is because I care about this person and I want this relationship to be as healthy as possible, but very specifically that book can be a tool to help navigate different types of conversations, I'm also learning to speak my fears to others. And I'll give you
0: two examples. I had a conversation with someone I led, and I didn't want to have the conversation because I cared so deeply for this person. And that hasn't always gone well in my leadership, you know, when I've had to have difficult conversations. I just began with, I just want you to know I'm afraid of losing this relationship. And so this conversation is really hard for me. And I began with that. And then the second example was about a couple weeks ago, actually, in my small group, my faith group, I felt like I came off too strong in Mm -hmm. a, a faith conversation. And because of my history in the past, because I've lost relationships from difficult conversations, It was really, really difficult for me. And I became very anxious. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing I did was I sent a, a text to our entire group. And I said, you know, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have, I came off really strong. But then the next time we met, I just had a conversation with them. I said, you know what, here's why I'm afraid. Here's what I'm afraid is gonna happen. Here is the weakness in me, because I know that's a weakness in me. I can be pretty, pretty strong and forceful. And I said, and here's a weakness in in me, here's why I'm so afraid. This is what's happened in the past. I'm trying to grow in this area. I really need to know you guys are going to walk beside me as I'm learning to grow. And everybody responded with such grace. It was like a a sigh of relief to have that conversation. Well, and
1: you were so bold and courageous to be authentic and vulnerable to kind of lay it all out there in truth and honesty. And it makes, you know, you'll know, you know the truth and the truth will set you free. And I think you were walking in the truth of, listen, I know this is a weakness of mine and I just need to be loved in it and through it. And I'm giving you permission to set boundaries with me and to bring things to my attention. I think about, you know, I think I had shared with you before, you know, my mother was an alcoholic and a drug addict and I was horridly abused as a child. And what that meant is when I entered the church culture, I was a hot mess express. I I had no ability to know, I call it the churchy church, church face. So I said the wrong things. I did the wrong things. And the body of Christ really failed me initially because I was too gross and yucky and scary for them and because I didn't know all the church rules and I cussed in church and said inappropriate things and really I was just being my authentic self and I had heard that there was this Jesus that could heal and deliver and save and set free and I wanted to learn more about that I had been raised in church and I didn't know the culture and so I think what you just did is so beautiful and valuable because all of us as believers need that safe place to say, can you walk beside me and support me and encourage me and love me and call me into accountability as I am growing and being transformed into the image of Christ? Because if if I have to be perfect in order for you to stick with me, then I'm going to be really, really lonely. What that yields is an inauthentic body of Christ, and we go to church and we play the games, but on the inside, people are dying because of the lack of exactly what you had the courage to do, which was to address the situation in authenticity and humbleness and truth, and invite those people, and also asking them, hey, please don't abandon me because I'm like this. Please stick with me and help me to grow instead of turning your back on me because of my unloveliness.
0: Yeah, now I will say I actually, my I had a little bit of courage. I had a I had persistence from Jesus, but I also had the help of my husband. And that was so, so important. When it was still fresh in my mind, when the conviction was still there, I said to him, can you remind me at our next meeting to have this conversation? He put it in his calendar and he reminded me a couple times prior and he loved me enough to say, because when it came down to it, I'm like, Oh, we're good. I don't need to have this conversation. It's over. I don't want to have this conversation. And he said, no, Jen, you asked me Hmm. to hold you accountable to this. And so
1: he reminded me again, right before the meeting, so he set a boundary with you. He he set a boundary that refused to let you just push it aside and not deal with it. Mm-hmm. Because he loves you. Amen.
0: One thing I'm learning to grow and heal in Jesus is I need those people that especially when I'm not in a fearful place that I can say, I need you to hold me accountable and then to remind me, Hey, you asked me to hold you accountable. So like we said, when we began, this is a really complex issue and there's so much we didn't have time to talk about, but we're going to list resources we mentioned in the show notes. And we're going to circle back around to what we began with And really, if we want to step forward in health, grounding our identity in Christ, Mm -hmm. in who we are in him, in his love for us, and in the grace that transforms us. And so I'm going to encourage you again to check out Tanya's book, My Father's Daughter, and it'll help you really process some of the things that are probably challenging your ability to set boundaries, probably initiating fears. I think a lot of our fears are rooted in past hurts, which she referenced. I encourage you to find her online as well. Again, you can find her at My Father's Daughter, pretty much all over the web. Thank you so much, Tanya, for joining us and sharing your insight. Jen, it was a pleasure, always. And to our listeners, make sure you subscribe. this podcast, and then you won't miss a single episode. Make sure you go back and look at some of our previous episodes that can really help choose faith over fear, live in faith. And I would love it if you would rate this episode that encourages me, but it also helps other people to find this podcast. And I would love it if you would share this episode as well. I'm going to have some discussion questions in the show notes, gather some people around you, And hold one another accountable and grow in this area because God has so much for all of us. He wants us to walk in joy, in freedom, in purpose, in impact, and fulfillment.
1: Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Faith Over Fear, a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. To learn more about Jennifer Slattery, or to check out any of the resources she mentioned in this episode, just head over to her website, Loud.com, or check out our show notes. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts like this, just head over to lifeaudio.com. Feeling stressed?